Welcome to Search Forward, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to grow their careers, reignite their passions for marketing, and create less stress in their day-to-day avalanche of tasks and unrealistic deadlines. Hi, I'm Alicia Miller, and I invite you to go on a journey of growth with me. I've spent more than 20 years chasing deadlines, fighting that cast of characters we serve as marketers, and was left feeling depleted and desperately seeking a solution that would give me the peace I so craved. Call me crazy, tell me it'll never work, but I found the relief I was so desperately seeking by shifting my mindset and using my marketing skills in clever ways to find the peace I was seeking and still getting to enjoy what I love, marketing. And I cannot not share this with you. Stop chasing new pastures, the grass is never greener. It just presents the same problems in different ways with different faces. In this podcast, we will have deep conversations with all levels of marketing professionals, internal clients, including the difficult ones, and leaders that will shake up how you think about your career in marketing, uncover new ways to tame the crazy, and give you strategies that will light up that passion for marketing you once had, all while aligning yourself to your organizational's growth goals that will make your career soar. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive in and search for It's Alicia Miller, and this week's Surge Forward is one not to miss. We are diving into building confidence and finding actionable, tactical approaches to support you in overcoming imposter syndrome and feel that confidence that's going to create growth for you. This subject uh, really kind of came to the front for me um, after doing our last podcast. Hopefully you listened in as I had conversations with Francesca Carey talking about boundaries. And there was this underlying theme of knowing your truth and the confidence that that brings you and being able to set your boundaries and stand behind them to maintain them. Um, And there is a power in knowing your truth and the confidence that that builds inside you of knowing that you've done everything that you can and really stretched and provided your internal clients, leaders, peers, colleagues, um, collaborators, everything that you could to make the project successful and deliver on time. Confidence is critical to our success even outside of just maintaining boundaries. You know, when you have true confidence, we draw people in and that energy helps us influence and create the partnerships that we need with our internal clients and leaders and our peers to drive our careers forward and create that network of supporters and advocates um, that are going to fuel our career. Not to mention that it helps you really drive forward just your projects in a better, more meaningful way um, where you get a little bit more respect for your time and the work that you're doing. You know, think about when you come into a meeting or a conference call and you just take charge um, and not in an abrasive way, but in a uh, respectful, um, you know, way where you are focused on, this is why we're all here today. And these are the decisions that we need to make. And let's, you know, talk about this and get to the outcomes that we all need to be successful. And when you come out of that meeting with those outcomes, and not only do you feel empowered to go you know, create the successful solutions and strategies needed for that project. But you have that sense of relief that you have what you need and you don't have to go fight for it or find it or, you know, hunt somebody down or stalk someone because they're not answering you and they're not um, being responsive. It also draws those people in that were in that meeting with you because they just watched you uh, command a room. 
and get what you needed in a very respectful way. Um, so it builds that confidence and that trust in those peers. And that's what helps you create the foundation of those relationships where you're on equal footing with them and they start drawing you in as a partner and not a task taker. So, you know, confidence is critical to our success. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this particular podcast around imposter syndrome, because I struggle with it all the time. Um, and I have a lot of friends and colleagues who struggle with it as well. I, I have to tell you, it was a little outside my wheelhouse of approaching imposter syndrome, you know, but I feel like it's critical to our success and my mission here of empowering and enabling other marketing professionals to find success in their career, because that confidence is so critical to our success. And if we get stuck in this um, imposter cycle that I'll talk about later, it can really, really be detrimental to our careers. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, imposter syndrome is something that has been very much socialized um, in the past several years. Um, so it's very well known. It's almost like this trend or hot word that people talk about. Um, and everybody kind of knows what it means, but they really don't understand the implications of it or the dynamics of it. Um, and to my knowledge, not many people have talked about truly um, tactical approaches that you can insert in your everyday um, that can become just habitual that can support you and moving past and help you in your journey to overcome imposter syndrome. Um, and I just want to take a moment. Obviously, I am not an expert on this subject. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. Um, and, you know, so please, you know, do your own research. Make sure you touch base with your medical professional. Um, if you uh, are experiencing this and need help moving past it. Um, really, what I want to bring out of this episode is um, some practical, actionable ideas uh, around how you can work beyond it and build the confidence in yourself to start making those connections and building those relationships through the confidence that you receive out of in, you know, implementing these steps and these tactics. Um, this is all based on research that I've done um, in different articles that I have found online and books that I have read. Um, so again, not a therapist, not a psychologist, but really looking to bring you some useful information. And I think where this all starts is really understanding what imposter syndrome is and how to know the signs, because there are people out there who just simply lack confidence um, and struggle with that, who don't really have imposter syndrome. But I think what's really cool about um, some of the tactics that I'm going to bring to you is that I feel like this would work um, whether you have imposter syndrome or not. Um, and really enable you to start having some more confidence and what you bring to the table. So let's start with just understanding what imposter syndrome is and how to know the signs. According to the NIH definition, imposter syndrome is described as self-doubt of intellect, skills, or accomplishments among high-achieving individuals. These individuals cannot realize their success and subsequently experience persuasive feelings of self-doubt, anxiety, depression, and or apprehension of being exposed as a fraud in their work, despite verifiable and objective evidence of their successfulness. And that really hit home for me. Um, you know, you're experiencing all this self-doubt and anxiety and that you're a fraud, yet you have verifiable and objective evidence and your successfulness. And it's interesting here because as marketing professionals, you know that you have to earn 
your spots and prove your worth. Um, it is a very competitive environment and it is a very um, skilled environment where those who go above and beyond are rewarded. So you wouldn't be where you're at in your career if you didn't know what you were doing. And you wouldn't be given the projects that you were given if you weren't capable or someone didn't believe in you. So I found that that definition um, really resonates with, uh, you know, us as marketing professionals. And furthermore, it's interesting that um, imposter syndrome can be triggered by being exposed to a competitive environment. Um, so our environment is almost, you know, a potential ground for triggering that imposter syndrome um, in us. Um, and when someone calls attention to our success, that can be a trigger. So when you're successful at the end of the project, that can trigger it. Um, and really, even after you've had a string of successes, if you experience a failure, that can be another trigger, right? And how many times, especially, you know, I'm thinking very much sales enablement because that's a big bulk of my career. And it's an up and down on your successes and failures. And you tie those to, you know, the wins and losses of the pursuits that you're going after. And you're not always going to win everyone. And that isn't necessarily tied always to the work that you produced. But, you know, think about those times where you um, won three or four in a row, and then you lost a a big one and how that made you feel and how that made you question whether or not you were as good as you thought you were. Um, and you know, how that could potentially trigger this imposter syndrome. Um, 25 to 30% of us high achievers are suffering from imposter syndrome. Interestingly, 25 to 30% of high achievers suffer from imposter syndrome. And around 70% of all adults may have experienced it at least once in their lifetime. So this is something that, you know, I feel like the mass majority of the population has experienced before in some fashion, and maybe not realized it, you know, and I think it's because we all have that little voice in our head that, you know, helps guide us through life, but also tells us, you know, at times that we're not good enough. Um, and we just, you know, ignore it or push past it and don't really recognize it as an actual um, syndrome that um, we can put in tactics to help kind of tamper that little voice in the back of our head. Um the other thing that I found that was really interesting, guys, is this imposter syndrome cycle. Um, and I had never heard of this before doing some research, but I thought it, you know, was really interesting. And definitely I was at this point at one point in my career. Um, and really it begins with you having this, you know, feeling and fear of not being good enough to be in the position that you're in, the role that you're in, on the project that you're on, and that you don't really have the skills um, and you don't really belong. And your response to that is to engage in the process of just overworking and over delivering and, you know, going above and beyond and everything that you do related. Um, not just to prove to the people outside of you that you are capable, but to prove it to yourself as well. And what happens is you get this temporary feeling of feeling validated because you're getting the accolades and you're getting the visibility and you're getting, um, you know, the praise for your outcomes and, Really, what that's doing is it's not just validating the outcome of doing all that overwork and over-delivering. It is validating the behavior of the overworking and over-delivering. 
So now you have this, you know, validation for how you approached that feeling through the behaviors. And you end up in this cycle because that feeling of being validated is very temporary. And when you come down off of that, you still have that feeling of, I don't have the skills to be here. You know, I don't belong with these folks. You know, I'm not of the same caliber. So I need to now work and to the evenings and through the weekends. And I need to find ways to take this to the next level every single time so that I can prove that I know what I need to know to be here in my career. And you just get into the cycle of overworking, over-delivering, and you know, getting exhausted, having that validation that is supporting those behaviors and feeling again, like you're not measuring up. Um, And once you get into that cycle, you start responding negatively to the positive feedback that you're getting because you really aren't, you know, believing it. And you get to a point where you're just disregarding those accolades And moving into this cycle because it's been validated for you so many times. And the worst part about it is to the outside, you appear to be this high performer who's passionate about your job, someone who's just a real go-getter, who's seeking to achieve new heights, and they have no idea that you're filled with this self-doubt And that you are just compelled to keep moving towards whatever this role or project that you're involved in that you're not confident in because you're trying to prove to yourself and those around you that you do belong and that you do measure up. Um, And it can start coming out in a lot of different ways. Um, So, As I was looking through this, there are five different types of imposter syndromes that they try to kind of put put into buckets. And this is how it can come out and what it can look like. Um, So I'm going to go through these and, you know, listen, I identified with a lot of them, not all of them. Um, So I think there's, you know, this ability to kind of fall in between buckets or have multiple buckets that you fall into. But it's interesting to see how it manifests for different people. So, you know, the first group that they talk about is the perfectionism. You know, are you that perfectionist? And I'm th- I'm talking beyond just being your type A person who really um, is focused on the details. Like you truly want to control and micromanage everything. Um, you don't really know how to delegate tasks and you obsess over the little details. And because of this, you do a lot of over analysis, overthinking, and it results in you struggling to make a decision. You know, your projects can get, you know, stuck and stalled or um, continue to extend and extend and extend the deadlines because you can't get it perfect and you can't really be solid and feel solid in the decisions that you're making because you want it to be perfect. The next grouping they call the super person. And this is the person who is, you know, overworking all the time, definitely involved in those cycling episodes um, and really blurs the line between work and at home. They have extremely high standards and really unrealistic expectations because they're dedicating all their time to work. So they expect that from their teams and their peers around them. Um, But they also have those high standards and unrealistic expectations for themselves because they're striving to um, do more and deliver more and have, you know, this amazing outcome that they can feel 
validates them and their, um, their positioning. Right. Um, and they have an incredible feel fear of failure or making mistakes. So that sometimes can paralyze them. Um, but also cannot drive them to do more overworking and over delivering because they're so worried about uh, making mistakes or failing that they're going to put the extra time in and they're going to do extra quality checks and reviews um, and rewrites and uh, reworks to avoid making that mistake or that failure that could um, for them validate that they shouldn't be in the position that they are and that they are a fraud. Um, they have this, you know, underlying stress when they're not working. So they feel guilty when they're taking breaks or enjoying leisure activities. And this is where it really becomes um, detrimental when you're blurring that that line between work and home, because now when you're at home and you're um, spending time with your family or your friends, um, you can't really relax because you are feeling stressed and like you should be doing more for work. And really, um, how are you going to deliver something that's going to work and be a success if you're not focused on it? Um, and that puts a lot of pressure on yourself um, to perform at your best. Um, so you really, these folks are like really stressed out and you can usually see it. Um, they don't handle constructive criticism well, um, because they have put all this time and energy into their work and they have put all this effort into undigging and uncovering exactly how to do it correctly. So they start really digging into and committing to the methodologies and approaches and concepts that they've put together. Um, and it makes them a little shut off to being able to accept that criticism because they don't want to be seen as a failure and they've put all this work into creating a successful project. Um, so I think there's a lot, I mean, there around that type of imposter syndrome. And, you know, that can be impacted in so many different ways. Um, but I think we see that a lot in the workplace. Um, these first two, I feel like are very prevalent that I've seen across my 20 plus year career of the perfectionism and the super person and many times, you know, a combination of the two. Um, the next group, um, was interesting to me because I never thought about imposter syndrome this way. Um, but it's the natural genius. And these are the people that are out there who, you know, success has just come really easy to them. So when the skills or the projects go beyond what comes easy to them, they start feeling like they're the, you know, fraud and a failure and that they, um, they aren't measuring up because it's not coming easy to them. Um, and you know, their self-confidence suffers considerably when they face a setback because everything has come easy to them. So if this isn't coming easy to them, then they obviously are not, you know, uh, they don't belong here. They don't have the skills that they need. Not really realizing that, hey, maybe this is an area that I need to stretch and grow in. Um, you know, because you really believe as a natural genius that you, that success comes from your inherent ability not necessarily hard work and practice. So they have these really high standards for themselves in a manner that's a little different because they're expecting themselves to just know and just have this natural talent and ability to achieve in the areas of their life. Um, but um, when they have to actually stretch beyond that natural ability, it makes them feel like that fraud and imposter. 
and makes them question themselves. Again, all of these have very high standards for themselves. Um, and in particular with the natural genius, um, they're critical of perceived obstacles that might impede success. So really, you know, um, digging in and, you know, to, oh, these are the challenges and these are the obstacles, you know, like, how do we navigate this, right? And are they really obstacles? And, um, you know, are they going to impede my success? And if I have challenges and obstacles, am I as good as I thought I was, right? Do I really belong in this position or working this project? Um, so two more to go, guys. Um, and I hope some of this is resonating with you um, and that you're, you know, not that I hope that you're identifying with some of this, but at the very least, you know, seeing how this can translate into not having the confidence that you need to actually move forward in your career and, and the other detrimental things that can happen as a result. So let me get through these last two. I, I keep derailing myself because I find all of this really fascinating. Um, the soloist. So these are the people who feel like they need to do everything on their own. They, um, you know, have that feeling that they're incompetent if they actually need help. Um, so they really just work independently in a silo, really don't want help from anyone else because they need to be able to stand on their own two feet and prove that they can do this on their own and they, that they don't need help. Um, and they really struggle to network and create the relationships that they need to be successful in their career. Um, and again, they have this difficulty accepting constructive criticism. Um, so this soloist piece, what I found interesting about it is, you know, it's very much um, internalized in how you're approaching proving to yourself and those around you that you're not a fraud and really this, this um, desire to accomplish everything on your own. Um, and the further I dug into this one, you know, it definitely uh, can result um, from a deeper rooted, um, you know, issue that um, definitely you need to talk to a therapist about to uncover. But I do think some of the tactics that I am suggesting um, can help at least give you a little bit of a support here if this is one that you resonate with. Um, and then the last one is the expert. Um, and I kind of chuckle at this because this reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, family members that I have um, that um, they feel like they need to master every step in the process in order to be successful and that they can't just jump in and, you know, tackle it. They really need to step back and do the learning and master it all before they can actually execute. Um, and they feel like they need to constantly pursue the training and the certifications to show that they are able to master every step of the process. So they're really looking to underpin their feeling of being a fraud and not uh, being able um, to have the skills needed for this project or, or position through education. Um, and they, they feel like this fraud, even after they get the training and certification, and even after they feel like they have this expertise validated, um, and they many times, like this is very like, um, debilitating to them. And then they start to, uh, experience procrastination because they become stalled and um, they really avoid approaching that area because they're feeling overwhelmed with this, you know, uh, need to be an expert and to have proven that. So there you go. There's the five different 
types of imposter syndromes um, that I found and, you know, the different traits that exist within each of those areas so that you can understand, you know, okay, we, we understand what imposter syndrome is. We understand there's a couple different um, ways that it can present itself and what those traits look like. And we talked a little bit about in the beginning of this, why this is so problematic and why um, I'm focused on it for my marketing professionals out there, because I feel like in order to succeed and move forward in your careers, you really need to have a certain level of confidence in yourself because you need to interact with people across your organization, you know, no matter whether they're from the C-suite or from your leadership or dipping out into your sales and uh, revenue producers, you need to have that confidence in yourself so that those big personalities um, are not just running right over you and that you can stand there with them as a partner and gain their trust and respect, um, which then in turn pays dividends on your ability to surge forward in your career because they then become advocates of you and you become a trusted partner. Therefore, you get the inside scoop and you get to understand, you know, really the positioning and the information that you need to move the needle on results. And that gives you the visibility and the backing of moving forward as a marketing professional. So if we'd spend time self-doubting, undervaluing our contributions, you know, uh, attributing our success to external factors, uh, self-sabotaging, I mean, that's a huge one in itself. Um, we end up setting unrealistic goals and expectations around us. We, you know, live in the state of anxiety of not living up to expectations. And this leads to so many things on the marketing side, right? You get burnout. Um, you're not performing at your best, which, you know, marketers are creatives. We need to have that positive mindset to deliver high quality, best in class, innovative, strategic solutions. Um, and if we're in this kind of you know, space where we're self-doubting ourselves and self-sabotaging ourselves and are anxious and burn out, we're not going to be delivering on our best, nor are we going to be able to exude the type of confidence and energy that we need to, to draw in those partners, to create those relationships that are going to help drive our career. And your productivity is going to go down because, you know, things aren't ever good enough. You know, you're overthinking and overworking and overanalyzing and you get stuck and stalled. Um, and, you know, because you're burnout, you're tired, you know, and maybe it's taking you longer to get through projects because it's harder to be creative and it's harder to move through the thinking process. So your productivity then also becomes hindered. Your anxiety levels could be through the roof, which can cripple you from making decisions and moving forward in your projects. And all of these things, you know, can, can create a situation where no matter how skilled you are and how much of a rock star you are in your space, um, you know, you could be this high performer who's really sharp and can deliver um, amazing results and outcomes for your company. If you get stuck in this, you know, space, then you can really cause a stall and a burnout in your career um, and almost, you know, potentially make this imposter syndrome a little bit worse because, you're not seeing that forward momentum for yourself. You're not seeing that growth in your career. You're not seeing yourself move forward and grow as a professional. And you don't understand why, because you're working your butt off. So it's almost like validating those thoughts in your head that you're not good enough and you don't measure up. Wherein the reality is, is that you do. And you are, you know, a high performer and a high achiever and able to create those outcomes. You just, 
can't move past this thought process. So let's move into some ways that you can really put into action today that can help you move past this and support you in the process of moving past it. I don't know that you can ever always 100% move past it, but you can definitely, you know, put in support systems that are going to help support you and, you know, grow your confidence level and grow your ability to stop some of these um, negative outcomes of having imposter syndrome. So one of the first things that we talked about in all of these is, you know, everybody setting, you know, unrealistic goals and expectations. So I'll challenge you to step back and revisit your goals. If you know that you were already shooting high and already creating these unrealistic expectations, I would say challenge yourselves to start adjusting them down a bit. I like to approach goals in the fact of, hey, we can create a strong goal that's more achievable. And if we beat that goal, then we have a great story to tell when it comes time to report. So you're still in a sense, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to achieve something that's great. But by setting that goal a notch down or two, you can ensure yourself that you're being realistic, especially when you're working with, you know, teams, if you're a leader and you have teams under you, making them feel confident that they can reach that goal and then having the opportunity to celebrate if they beat that goal um, really can start kind of changing your perception around your how your goals should be crafted um, and where is that sweet spot where you're creating goals that are actually achievable in the time frame that you have to work on those goals. You can have that sense of pride and accomplishment, and it can be that much better when you're celebrating that you exceeded them. When it comes to expectations, and again, especially if you're a leader of a team, You not only need to leave room for yourself and your team to grow, but you need to ensure that they're not feeling the results of demanding perfection is burning out your team. The last thing you're going to need if you're struggling with this is to burn out your team and start having that cycle of employees come and go. So you really need to give them room. And we all, in all levels of marketing, everyone has room to grow and room to level up. And by checking those expectations and making sure that you are providing the room for them to stretch, to grow, to be mentored, and even to fail and learn from those things. I think is a way to really empower your team and yourself and stop kind of that churn because, you know, as a leader, if your team is churning, it's just going to add to the pressures that you're feeling if you're stuck in this imposter syndrome cycle. I'm really big when it comes to expectations on delivery, right? And how good does it need to be to get out there is like the 80-20 rule. As long as you're delivering a product that's yielding some sort of results and is meeting the scoping requirements that you have, you can always improve as time goes by, right? A little bit different for sales enablement because you're really working under these tight deadlines and your final product goes out and you don't have an opportunity to tweak and improve upon it. But you can give yourself the grace of knowing that you gave your best and knowing your truth, right? Um, And what you were able to deliver was the best. And then learning from the outcomes of that through debriefings and understandings of why it wasn't successful to then implement into the next one. And giving yourself that grace and that room to grow and improve upon what you're doing. You know, little different approaches depending on where you're at in the marketing organization. 
ultimately by doing this and putting stuff out there and taking that leap of like saying, okay, it will never be perfect. There is no perfect solution in marketing. The, the, the target is always changing. The uh, technology is always changing. The client's always changing. The needs are always changing. It's a moving target. So the sense of perfectionism really, really will hinder you um, because everything's always changing. Therefore, you're never going to meet that perfect standard. So you need to kind of get to a common ground that you feel comfortable with of letting that go out into the world and then learning and growing beyond that um, and really prioritizing progress over perfection. Those are two areas I think you can really challenge yourself to sit back and reevaluate and readjust as you move forward, especially as we head into the second half of the year, because everybody's starting to talk about goals we're setting for next year when you're getting into that planning phase. So really take the time to sit back and think about what the goals are that you created for your teams, for yourself, and that you are giving room for growth and you're allowing um, your team's opportunities to celebrate um, exceeding your goals and expectations, but creating something that's realistic to where they're not feeling like they have to over-deliver and overwork. The other thing that I think is really actionable here is um, the time management aspect of all of this. Throughout all of this, we talk about how people tend to overwork and overdeliver and, you know, always be thinking about work and be stressed when they're not working is that really wears us down and puts us into this state of stress and burnout and overwhelm that really is not feeding your mindset in a space where you can deliver your best self and your work. And I think this idea of that, it's not the amount of time that you work that creates value in what you're doing. It's the quality of the time that you work. So really, if you can shift that approach and maybe use a system, a planning system that can help aid you and really crafting your days in a manner that allows you to have blocks of focus time where you're at your peak mindset to deliver on those high value, high impact projects, and then build in time for you to fuel your mind and your creativity and your positive mindset and give you room to breathe, then you can really kind of start curving the need to work around the clock um, and increase productivity. And I know that sounds crazy, but like you can work less time and end up being more productive and have higher quality work because You're managing your time in a more effective way. Um, Go out there, look for a planning system that works for you. You all know I am all about this and I have the Octo Planner that I developed specifically for ensuring that you're working on high impact things and that you're using your time well, because I believe wholeheartedly that there needs to be a balance between home and work, but it doesn't have to be that whatever planning system that works for you and supports you and being able to better utilize those hours in the day that you're working so that you are producing higher quality work, you're being more productive, and it doesn't need to seep into all the areas of your life. Um, And again, Think about your goals and your expectations here of it doesn't have to be perfect to start with. It doesn't have to, you know, immediately yield this perfect result. 
you could, you know, cut back, you know, an hour or two of time that you're working outside of work hours. And that's a success and that's moving in the right direction. It's all about creating habits and changing your perceptions around things and small bites so that they add up over the long term and you get exponential results, right? And you're really starting to train your brain to think a little differently about how you're approaching your work. So the the same goes into just, you know, your work ethic and, you know, the boundaries that you have in place and and really thinking of the fact that, you know, people have boundaries for a reason, but um, it doesn't mean they have a poor work ethic, right? Um, and the same, you can have the same work ethic and still have boundaries in place. And I think this comes into that whole planning idea is if you can recognize that the hard work you're doing and the results that you're delivering are stellar, then it's okay to put these boundaries and this planning system to work for you so that you can still deliver and potentially deliver more and higher quality work with having boundaries and having planning tactics that really support you. The next piece that I'm going to talk about is really about self-care and mindset. And I do talk about this a lot because I feel like if you're not in the right mindset um, for growth in your career and seeing that there is a path forward and that things can get better and you can get out of this rut and move forward in your career, you have to have that positive mindset, right? You have to believe it can happen. Um, so taking the time to practice self-care, self-awareness, you know, allowing yourself the grace to reset your mind, you know, using tactics that are out there, um, whether it's journaling to, you know, reflect on what's going on and trying to reframe some of the negative, uh, self-talk that you have, Um, You can really like dig in and understand where your strengths and weaknesses are going and realize when you sit back that your your self-talk is saying all these things of that you're not skilled and you're, you're not worthy and you don't belong yet. You really do because this, this, and this, and, you know, outlining your successes and your strengths and your weaknesses and, and really understanding and pulling those together to start reframing those thoughts in your mind of you're there for a reason, you know, you wouldn't have been given that job or given that project if your leaders didn't believe in you and feel that you could take that on. Giving yourself times during the day to reset um, and to step away from that overwhelm and being able to recognize, you know, I'm not in a good place in my mind right now. I'm feeling really stressed and burned out. Let me take 15 minutes away from the computer. Let me go take a walk. Let me, um, you know, turn on a podcast and, you know, unplug for a little bit and come back refreshed. Those things are going to help you clear your mind um, and think about things a little bit differently because you're not in such a uh, state of stress and burnout and really looking to uh, support yourself, right? So that self-care is a huge part about helping move past the imposter syndrome and to really start gaining confidence in yourself in a way that's a little different than like direct tactical ways, because it's really just feeding your mindset and making sure you're clear and that you're not seeing things through this fog of stress and burnout. You know, the other thing that you want to make sure that you're doing is building a support network. Colleagues, friends, family, you know, people around you. And I think Francesca mentioned this when we were having our conversation around boundaries is just having the people that you can pick up the phone or go have a conversation or a cup of coffee with and vent to and talk through, um, you know, what's going on. 
really can create this network of people where you're not feeling alone, um, that you um, can have these people who can help point out that no, you know, you're getting stuck in this, you know, thought process. You, these are the things. Let me remind you of the things that got you here. Let me remind you why you belong. And they can help you celebrate the successes that you have. Um, they can help you through not feeling alone in this. So creating that network of people um, really help you pull out um, and feel like you're not alone, like you have people to remind you of why you're here and why you're uh, why you do belong and why you are a success. Um, and that can be, you know, coupled into your self-awareness time, right? And your self-care time. Think about those times. They don't have to be separate times. You could have just a scheduled coffee date with one of your, you know, close friends um, and advocates on a regular basis to give you that time to just let it all out, vent have those conversations and come away feeling so much better because not only did you take the time to take care of yourself, but you incorporated this other support system of a networked buddy who's going to help you through it. So I cannot say that enough of just giving yourself a break. Just a few more guys. I know this one is running really, really long because I think I'm super passionate about you know, overcoming this and building confidence. The next piece that I want to highlight is just really the idea of adopting a growth mindset. And again, I think this is, you know, another set of buzzwords that are out there. Everybody talks about this growth mindset. And really all this is, is constantly be learning, you know, um, and Focus that learning on the areas that you feel that's negative self-talk coming in more frequently, because the more that you know, the more confident you're going to feel in yourself, right? So you always have room to grow. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be a master at everything. Um, you may be really great and be the top performer in that area, but there's always room for growth. So take opportunities to learn, find those opportunities to expand your knowledge base so that you can boost your confidence in those areas and try to take note of when that negative self-talk comes up, like what skill set are you sitting in in a way that you feel like you don't know enough and you don't have the skill set and then seek out things that will give you knowledge and feed that, right? And it doesn't have to be an official course. It doesn't have to be a workshop or a boot camp. It could be as simple as attending a webinar or listening to a podcast or reading a book or listening to um, the Blinkist summary on that report, on that book. Um, it could be joining a professional network where you get to listen into roundtables or participate in conversations where there are other professionals who have those skills so that you can soak up from those around you. But seek out those challenges and opportunities to develop more of those skill sets and combat those feelings of inadequacy. So if you adopt that mindset Again, I go back to, you know, planning your day with intention of not just, you know, okay, I need to be more productive. I need to have a clearer mindset. Let me make sure that I have time built in my day to reset and try to feed and fuel my mind so that I can be more productive, so that I can produce more high quality things but also work in time to learn, um, you know, learning benefits your company. So you're not, there's this perception of, I can't do learning on company time because I'm on company time to deliver work. But the reality is, is learning enhances your ability to deliver that work in a higher quality fashion. Um, so it is to the benefit of the company for you to learn and grow because then you can give back to the company more. I encourage you to block time, you know, at least once a week, whether it's 30 minutes to listen into a podcast, 
whether it's an hour to attend, a, you know, a webinar that you saw, whether, you know, it's smaller blocks throughout the week to work on some courses that you're taking, um, block that time out because that's going to fuel your mindset. Um, it's going to fuel your ability to produce results, and it's going to help you overcome this negative self-talk that you don't have the skills because you're out there getting the skills and you're learning and hopefully getting excited as you learn, um, which then again fuels that mindset. Um, so really, these things are all working together unitedly to help you kind of overcome. So let's just recap here. We talked about revisiting your goals and expectations to be more realistic, to allow room for growth in a way where you know you can meet your goals. And if you go over your goals, you know, you now have something to celebrate and get excited about. But know when you go in and look at those goals and expectations that you might have gone into it with a mindset of overcommitting and uh, setting unrealistic goals and expectations. So really take the time to revisit those, bring them down to a more realistic manner, and give yourself that room to grow, to stretch, and to potentially beat your goals and have something to celebrate. Prioritize progress over perfection. Make sure that you are getting things done and out the door and that you're, you can learn um, and improve over time. It doesn't have to be perfect every time it goes out the door. Um, and that it's not about the amount of time that you work. It's about the quality of time that you work and finding a system that enables you to practice that and to, uh, you know, slowly implement into your world this idea of if you're feeding your mindset and you're creating um, more opportunity to still deliver high quality work. You don't have to work around the clock to be successful. You can spend less time working, delivering higher quality work and be more productive if you're doing it in a manner that really feeds your mindset and you know, you're structuring your day in the right way. Build your network, find your people, that you can spend time with and vent with and connect with and that you guys can um, celebrate each other and bring each other up. Um, and, you know, I've heard so many times you are the people that you associate with. So you want to find positive people here. You don't want to find a bunch of naysayers that are going to bring you down and, you know, insert negativity into your life. You want to find the people who are looking at the positive side, who are seeing your strengths and are helping build you up in a positive light. Take the time to do self-care and, you know, whether that's journaling, whether that's doing, you know, walks, whatever it is, building in the time to take care of your mind and allow yourself to reset and have freshness and being able to understand your triggers. And if you're not great at understanding your triggers or understanding your red flags of when you're overwhelmed or burnout and need to step away, then just block it off to give yourself that time to reset. And after you've done it for a while, you'll start to see the effects of, hey, because I took the time to step away and take care of myself, I was that much more productive when I stepped back to the desk. And really, you know, at the end of this, guys, just remind yourself that you're here for a reason, you know, and that, you didn't get hired. Your leaders didn't put you in the position that you're in. You didn't get assigned that project just because you got here for a reason. And it's because you are successful. And if you go back to the definition that we started with, the last piece of that is there's verifiable and objective evidence of your success. And that's why you're here. And this negative self-talk is just getting you off that game. And you really aren't an imposter. You earned this and you deserve the success and the opportunities that you're getting. And of course, always grow. 
like always look for opportunities to grow and feed your mind so that you're feeling more and more confident every day. I hope everyone got something out of this. And I really hope that some of these actionable things that you can implement in your day are things that you'll consider doing to improve your mindset, to help you build confidence, um, and to really support yourself throughout your career. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, you know, I am no therapist. I'm no psychologist. This is um, outside of my realm, but confidence is so important. And getting stuck in this imposter syndrome really can be detrimental to your career growth. So I think it's something that definitely is something that you should be aware of, something you should um, understand the signs of and put in actionable steps in your everyday to help support you through this. Um, a lot of these actionable things, I think, um, apply whether you have imposter syndrome or not um, and can continue to help you build your confidence um, and even elevate the quality of your work because we're we're looking at things that matter, right? We're looking at your mindset. We're looking at how you're planning your day and the quality of time. All of these things, you know, contribute uh, across the board, not just to imposter syndrome, but to you as a professional and growing you as a professional in your career. I would love, love, love to hear back from all of you about a, did this resonate for you? Are there things that really just hit home? Um, and, you know, what you think you might be implementing after listening to this? Or if you have other ideas about things that other marketers could implement, um, you know, this is all about um, creating a community of marketing professionals to help each other. Um, we work in such a high stress, highly critical uh, environment. And we can all benefit from supporting each other and sharing thoughts and insights with each other um, to help us get through us and, you know, find our passion for marketing again and not get stuck in these negative, um, overwhelming situations. Um, so I encourage everyone, jump in the comments, share with each other, um, and uh, just really feel empowered to, to take care of yourself and to help yourself move forward. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, we are coming back um, with a new episode. Um, and let me just peek here. I just did the lineup recently and I want to share with you what's next on our agenda here. Um, here we go. So our next episode is um, Thriving Together, the Key to Career Longevity. And this really focuses in on how you, you can create, um, you know, things within your career that allow you to stay in one place longer um, rather than having to jump around. Um, and that I think is, you know, huge in our careers because we do get burnout. We do uh, go through these imposter syndromes and get in these cycles and we overwork and overthink and we deal with a lot of difficult internal clients. I um, mean, you get burnout and you move to another company. So this uh, next episode um, coming out on the 22nd is going to be all about um, ways that you can thrive in your career for the long haul and not necessarily feel the need to move from company to company. And then after that, we're going to start talking about um, a very cool subject, and that's from conflict collaboration. Um, you know, talking about our really difficult leaders and internal clients and how we start to overcome uh, that difficulty and reposition ourselves and our relationships with them in a way where we become uh, partners and collaborative and they actually become an advocate uh, for you. So that'll be a really fun episode that I think a lot of us will get some value out of. So 
looking forward to seeing you next time. In the meantime, I hope everyone um, is thriving. And, you know, if you haven't subscribed to my uh, link, my LinkedIn profile, I've started to post um, different articles on a regular basis so that I'm feeding information, not just through the podcast, but through other areas. Um, so if you go to my LinkedIn profile at LinkedIn slash IN slash Miller Elisha, you will see um, I've started posting some articles here about creating impactful relationships, about, um, you know, resiliency and a tight economy, um, about meeting fatigue. And I will continue to keep a stream of articles going there as well to hopefully continue to um, excite and empower you in your marketing careers. So until next time, I hope you find your search for today's episode. I'm really excited to bring these to you. If you haven't taken a peek, run over to findyoursurge.com and look at all the new and great tools that I have made available to you. We've got the Octo Planning System, a system that helps guide you through finding those things that are going to impact your growth and your passion and work those into your weekly and daily plans through focus and time blocking strategies. I've also included and started to build out a library of ready to customize templates that you can purchase and download and make work for you, you to start streamlining and gaining that extra time. Um, there is all sorts of great resources popping up here. You can also visit uh, a merchandise store that I have on Etsy at Find Your Surge and get inspirational hoodies and sweatshirts and notepads that will help inspire you and keep you on track. I'm so excited that you've joined us and I will continue to build a library that helps you succeed in this area. And I look forward to any feedback and comments that you have. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what ready to customize templates you want. And I am going to build the resources that you need to search forward. I'll see you next time.